This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Bring on the Habs. Let's go, everybody. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you on an absolutely glorious Tuesday here in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Michael Remus, the CTO, joins us in just a moment from the WST Command Center. And, man, we've got a big show. Mike McIntyre is going to join us. We'll uh, get the latest from Jets practice as they now know their opponent for tomorrow's Game 1. And that Game 1 is going to be happening downtown Winnipeg, hosting the Montreal Canadiens after their stunning comeback was completed last night, beating the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games after the Leafs blew a 3-1 to series lead. And a little bit later on, more on the demise of the Leafs and thoughts on the North Division Final with Nick Kiprios. Really looking forward to having the Kipper on with us. We'll do that a little bit later on in the program. As always, we are brought to you by our incredible family of sponsors that make this show run. Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Assiniboia Downs, live racing tonight. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Breezy Bend Country Club, Cool Bet Canada, Aikens Lake, and our newest sponsor, PolicyMe.com. We'll let you know about PolicyMe in just a minute. But first things first, let's get Remus in here to start off the festivities. Welcome, everybody, with us live in the uh, in the YouTube chat. Remo, how are you doing? I'm feeling great. It's awesome to know who the... Uh, Jets are finally playing. We've been waiting for a long time and <laughs> waiting for like by a long time, like a week to figure this out already. And yes, Jets Habs, just like everyone predicted, everyone knew it was going to be Jets Habs around two. But I am, I think we have to be a bit thankful. I don't see too many uh, Leafs fans in chat. And I think everyone was <laughs> tweeting at us. I would have loved it if they showed up today. <laughs> I was, twe- I was, everyone was tweeting at us uh, at uh, Sports Talk WPG. I don't think we're going to see too many Leafs fans. And last week, this time, all the Leafs fans were coming in our chat room saying, Go Leafs, Jets are going down next round. And a couple of people said, Whoa, 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 you guys haven't even won yet. And I pretty much thought the Leafs were going to win when they're up 3-1. I thought they were going to win um, Game 5. I thought they were going to win Game 6. And I thought they were going to win Game 7, even though I probably would have bet on the Habs just because of the odds. But still... Um, like I'm shocked, and um, I don't. But I some Leaf fans, I don't think are that shocked at what we watched last night. But uh, it's incredible to see um, how many, you know, just the um, I don't anger is that the word or just like devastation in Leafland. Yeah, like <laughs> like they've just been through this a couple times before. The disappointment for that team after being, I mean, they were heavy favorites, oh, and they were up three sir- one, and they were up three <laughs> one. And they blew it. And their top players didn't show up. Um, I yeah, I don't know what you do uh, if you're if you're them. So uh, it's 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 enjoyable. I gotta say, it's entertaining for sure. I mean, oh, listen, it's given everybody lots to talk about. And of course, we've been waiting for the series to begin, and we still gotta wait another day. So yes, today there will be plenty of um, burying of the leaves in various formats. Uh, and I'm sure that'll take place a little bit today. Chat's popping already. Great to see everybody here fired up for the next round. I see Barnsley's here, longtime listener, first time on the chat. Chat, welcome. Um, Reem, the, uh, and Steve Drager wondering, is the third round of the playoff matchup decided by regular season seeding? It's done by points. So with the, the fact of the matter is the Jets and the Leafs 
um, will be playing. The winner of that series is going to play the winner of Colorado Vegas. Um, but again, way down the road, I had some people asking me about that. Let's worry about the uh, the Grey Cup of hockey, the Canadian mm-hmm. Championship, the North Division Final. And it is somewhat stunning, Reem. I was talking about this on the lock shop earlier today with Dustin Nielsen. Uh, I remember when we were doing the cool bet odds before the playoffs. And uh, the odds to advance out of the North Division were Leafs minus 40, Oilers plus 110, Jets plus 675, Habs plus 700. <laughs> you got yeah. the two long shots stay there remaining. Um, so, yeah, we're, listen, we'll have a lot of Jets talk with Mike McIntyre as well as Nick Kiprios coming up a little bit later on. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'm disappointed the Leafs didn't win. Um, selfishly, I mean, it, the show's already doing great, but it, I think it in some ways would have been gas on the fire, uh, much like we saw last week before the Leafs even won. <laughs> we had so many Leafs fans popping in here. Um, but listen, if you want to... Stick the flag in and call yourselves kings of the north. Call yourselves the kings of Canada. Um, do you do that by beating a team that is known for losing and choking? Or do you do it against the most decorated team in NHL history, the Montreal Canadiens? Well, you do it for whoever you play. But in this case, it's not going to be the Leafs. And I'm absolutely here for it. It is really unfortunate that, you know where we're at right now with everything still being shut down, that this city won't be buzzing like it should be for this series. Uh, But Reem, this is going to captivate everyone around here, even if the lack of the Leafs in the final might, you know, take a little bit away from it coast to coast. But I'll tell you what, I know the Leafs nation's huge. Um, Habs nation isn't close far behind. And uh, certainly the Jets will still be the little guy. And albeit on paper, a slight favorite in the series. I think in the conventional vernacular, somewhat of an underdog, or at least a team that a lot of casual fans don't know very much about because of how much time everyone spent fawning over the Maple Leafs and Oilers this season. And listen, granted, they both had great years. They deserve the accolades, but they're done. And it's the Jets times now time now along with the Montreal Canadiens yeah everyone was you know anticipating the Austin Matthews Connor McDavid second round series for the North Division playoff title we're not going to get that what are we getting Price Hellbuck a lot of people talking about that you know we've seen some great tweets uh, you know just as you said burying uh, the Leafs saying that you know they haven't won a playoff series since 2004 and even the Jets have won what three playoff series now um, you know, they've gotten to this, gotten past the first round in two different playoffs and they've only been in the league since 2011. So, um, it's, I know the Leafs, I mean, they've put together these good teams, um, and it's, uh, it's shocking that, uh, they couldn't get it done this year as heavy favorites, but we are pumped. Uh, Montreal, uh, Winnipeg, you know, they played the first Jets one point or 2.0 game against each other. There's some history there. A couple former Jets. On Montreal, Ben Sherrod. I know Blake Willier was talking about him today. Yoel Armia, uh, who's definitely made an impact with Montreal as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a great series. Montreal, as you, I think you tweeted this too. I mean, Toronto is super popular, you know, probably the most popular team. But Montreal, not far behind. Historic franchise. And, if the, you know, it's pretty incredible having all these Canadian teams for what you said, what, the Grey Cup of hockey. <laughs> and they're, I don't know if they'd raise banners for, like, coming out of your division into the semifinal, but there should definitely be a banner 
for this uh, championship here. I totally agree. We need to celebrate. It's a unique thing. It's never going to happen again. Let's let's get a banner going for the winner. Yeah, and, and as I said, I'll care far more about a banner for the winner if the Winnipeg Jets win than if the Montreal Canadiens win, just being honest with you. But honestly, I think this is such a unique season that whoever wins this series is going to have and their fan base will have something uh, you know, to be excited about, to be proud of, in addition to an opportunity to competing against Colorado or Vegas in the Final Four. Shout out to Wrench Doozer. He's in the super chat. I want to see this banner in Toronto next year. Regular season North Division champs. First round exit again. Can yeah. we also put a 3-1 on the banner as Oof. well? I mean, even worse, they blew a 3-1 lead, Ream, and lost in Game 7, 3-1. I mean, just salt in the <laughs> wounds of the entire Leafs nation. And, I mean, I know there's probably a few people in the chat that are big sports radio guys like I am. Um, you know that I turned on the Fan 590 and listened to two hours of post-game coverage last night and then fired it up again this morning to hear the aftermath. It, it was quite something. And, and this is a fan base... And, you know, a media group as well. This is not new, Reem. I mean, they've done this many times before. This group right now is 0-8 in elimination games. And Mitch Marner, 0-18 when it comes to scoring goals. I mean, there's a lot of blame to be given around. But you know what? When you're a guy like Mitch Marner and you bend the team over the way you did, squeezing them for every single dollar in a salary cap world, and you've got two players making $22 million bucks, and they no-show in the most important games of the season, guess what? That's going to be the conversation around your team going forward. And I know there's criticism for Sheldon Keefe. I give Kyle Dubas a lot of credit. I thought he put together a team that was capable of doing it. They paid a pretty significant price for their ads at the deadline, and it has all gone up in smoke. Um, and you know, while our friends in Edmonton have spent the last week already fully into off-season mode, uh, there's going to be a while to get over the, I think, the stunning nature of what happened. Um, and then Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, and Sheldon Keefe um, kind of evaluating what changes they do need to make. But I'm not really too sure you can blame the coach or the management. I mean, at a certain point, their big players, the guys they've invested so much, came up small at the most important times. And, you know, in a cap role on any team, that's probably tough. But when you have so much invested into a few players and they don't perform pretty tough to win. Yeah, I think that's well said. The Tavares injury definitely uh, definitely hurt them. Uh, William Nylander was probably their best player in the series. Uh, the Jake Muzzin injury in the final game hurt, but I mean, you had the two comebacks there, uh, lost two in a row in overtime, and you know, I think, I remember it was a couple months ago when we first started, we had Greg Wyshynski on the show, and... <laughs> We were talking about the goalie rankings, and I think he had Carey Price number one after you know surveying GMs and players. And I think we were laughing at it because Carey Price's numbers during the regular season were not great. And I remember he said, you know, he asked a player, "Why is Carey Price number one?" And some random player said to him, "Carey Price, he's the man." And I've just been thinking about that quote. Thinking at the time, I was like, "Man, that player's nuts." Uh, Carey Price, no matter what his regular season numbers were, they were obviously subpar. But in the playoffs. He came up huge, and I think, you know, Jets fans, I think maybe you're kind of little, uh, you saw what he did to Toronto and their high, you know, high-scoring players like Matthews and Marner, who are so good in the regular season. How are the Jets going to be able to handle Carey Price upcoming? Not that Hellebuck on the other end is no slouch, didn't get nominated for the Vesna, but you look at some of the advanced numbers, he is uh, the top goalie for what, expected saves or whatever? 
Uh, I forget what that. I saw it on, on the tweet. You can get two that. trophies. Two yeah. trophies for uh, Connor Hellebuck that he's interested in the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe. Mm-hmm. So you know what? He probably deserved to be a finalist. Certainly, Flurry and Vasilevsky were um, no brainers. Grubauer got it. He was on a great team. Won a ton of games. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you go into you know some of the the more analytic you know breakdowns of the way goalies played this year, Connor Hellebuck ranks as um, you know the number one guy in the league. So whatever he won the Vesna last year, um, he's already said the personal accolades are secondary. It is all about the team going forward, and I'm totally here for as I tweeted earlier to engage chip on shoulder Connor Hellebuck mode going into. I mean, this incredible goaltending matchup with Hellebuck going head-to-head with Carey Price um, for supremacy here north of the border for the one-time only Canadian division. And Remo, I said this yesterday going into the game, that I, um, listen, I do think that the Leafs, that, you know, from a Jets fan perspective, when you were talking about playing one of these two teams, I really did believe that the Leafs are the better team, but the one player that scares me the most, you know, when going up against your team is Carey Price because we've seen him do it before. We've seen him do it this series. Um, He was great, but as great as Carey Price was, he didn't really, I don't think, have to be absolutely brilliant for the entire series, especially in Game 7 because Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the Toronto Maple Leafs just simply did not generate enough to really, you know, to test, test Carey Price the way that you would like to with circumstances and the stakes as high as they were in a game seven. Yeah, and they've, uh, you know, we talked all year how their power play, uh, ineffective. Mitch Marner can't score in the playoffs. Um, you know, I saw some people speculating if Matthews, you know, was still having some effects from that wrist injury. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was basically their top players um, didn't perform. They couldn't score. And I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, you can you, do you even bother trading some of these guys? I mean, they're still great players in the regular season. You've seen other teams, you know, have what have bad, you know, great sorry, great regular seasons, and then you know, lose it in the playoffs. You know, even uh, who was it? Tampa a couple years ago lost to Columbus in four games. That was a pretty shocking uh, sweep. I remember that. So, I mean, it happens. I mean, Washington, so many playoff disappointments until Ovechkin got over the hump. Even Colorado has had a few, and now they're at the top. So. I don't think you need to do anything crazy, but you do need to examine things and say, what do we do here? And I saw some people on Twitter saying, you know, they should have traded the first for Taylor Hall to get some more scoring instead of Nick Foligno, who was not effective. Um, You know, I don't know what... uh, So are there any, like, you know, older players on the downside of their career from the Toronto area that want to sign a min-salary deal with the Leafs this offseason or any of those that can help out? I know... I'm sure there are a few. (laughs) I'm sure there are a few. And the irony of the whole thing is that... I mean, outside of William Nylander, I think Jason Spezza might have been the best player for the Leafs in that series, which kind of tells you why they are in the situation that they are. Uh, Anyways, we'll have plenty of time to uh, discuss the North Division final as well as the demise of the Leafs coming up with Mike McIntyre and with Nick Kiprios. But before we do that, I want to get to a a few uh, quick plugs for our sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Policy Me and policyme.com, which is a simple, easy, fast, affordable online life insurance um, company that really is the future of the business. You might ask yourself, do you even need life insurance? It's not the sexiest purchase, um, but if you have a partner, children, aging parents, or any other loved one that depends on you for financial support or a home 
odds are that you do. But the simplest thing is to do is find out for yourself. And this is where Policy Me comes in. They've created a personalized life insurance coverage calculator that offers an honest assessment if you need life insurance or not. In fact, 24% of users receive a recommendation that they do not need it. And why buy it if you don't need it? But if you do, the calculator will provide you instant coverage recommendations tailor-made to your needs. Now, just give the calculator a try. Five minutes could be the difference between your family being able to pay their day-to-day expenses versus dealing with a huge financial burden if something were to happen to you. And the best thing about Policy Me is that it is all online. It's quick and easy. Um, they've got affordable rates averaging roughly 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada. You'll get an instant decision approved for coverage instead of waiting weeks like uh, other companies. And it's an easy, straightforward progress without a bunch of awkward meetings or anything like that. And what traditionally took weeks involving confusing paperwork, now is about 15 minutes online in an easy-to-understand application. So simply go to policyme.com. Click through, get your quote, and um, you know at a great r- rate with as little BS as possible, you can set you and your family up for security going forward. Thanks again to Policy Me for joining us. And if you do go there and they ask you how you heard about it, please, folks, make sure you click on podcast. Um, of course, we got, it's so nice outside. I wish we were doing the show outside today. But you know that it's blizzard weather. And uh, who better to support and um, you know get your blizzard fix taking care of the nick and nicky and the nick and nicky dq group great sponsors of ours since day one it includes dq niverville dq northgate the dq at polo park and the dq at st anne's um i can't get enough of the drumstick blizzard they do have a few new flavors i heartily suggest the drumstick you cannot go wrong with that one and of course with the temperatures approaching potentially 40 degrees you're going to need ice cream, maybe even a cake. You can find out more and order online from Nick and Nikki at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And um, if you're out at Breezy Bend or any of the golf courses around, you're going to want to make sure that you're hydrated. Although uh, you're probably playing by yourself or with someone that you live with. So courses maybe not as busy as they would normally be, uh, but cannot wait to get back out on Breezy. Doing some great work on the course right now with Craig, the incredible superintendent. And if you're thinking about a home for you and your family for golf next season, they are building a waiting list for 2021-22. And you can get on that at breezybend.ca or by calling the course at Breezy Bend. Um, great stop. Thanks to Policy Me, Nick and Nicky DQ, Breezy Bend. And now let's get back to some hockey talk with Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Mike, welcome to the program. And uh, just like we all had it, Jets Habs round two. Let's go. Yeah, Jets Habs playing in June. Uh, which if you had said that a different time of, you know, a couple of years ago, you would have assumed it was for the Stanley Cup final, right? Because uh, in a different world, the only way the Jets and the Habs could have met would have been in a cup final. And of course, if they're playing hockey in June, that usually meant really good things. A little bit different this year, second round. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's good to still have some hockey to cover, some hockey to talk about. And Maybe not some hockey weather outside, but I'm sure the crew down at Bell MTS will be doing everything they can to uh, get the ice rink ready for what should be uh, just a great, a great second round series here, albeit an unexpected second round series. Hey, just on that for a second on the weather, um, I was just looking at the forecast. I mean, Friday for game two is supposed to be a high of 38 degrees. Can you imagine 
if there was 15,000 people in the building. Like, I, I don't know what the ice surface would be like, but, you know, for the for the game, that might be the one saving grace because uh, as far as I can remember, and I've been around here going to every game into the spring as long as I can remember, there's never been a game day that was approaching 40 degrees Celsius, Mike. No, I'm thinking back to, of course, in 2018. I mean, I think the Jets ended up getting knocked out by Vegas on the May long weekend there. And I, temperatures were getting up, but nothing quite like that. And I mean, all those years ago, the Moose, you know, they went to the, uh, the Calder Cup final against Hershey, uh, but you wouldn't have had 15,000 in the building. So, yeah, this is going to be a test like no other. And as you say, Huss, uh, I mean, they've done a great job. I think those of us who've been in the building for games this year, we can attest to how cold it is. You may sometimes see some of us media types on press row wearing toques and mitts uh, because it's so cold in that rink. They have the uh, the AC absolutely blasting. And I'm thinking back even to Edmonton last summer in the bubble. Uh, I was there for the two weeks that the Jets were there, and then I went back for the Stanley Cup final. That was probably the coldest NHL rink I've ever been in, and it's because of the weather outside. So, um, you know, they'll have to have it cranked to extra extra cold. It, it's too bad. It would be great if we could have the uh, the body heat of 15,000 whiteout cloud fans, not to mention us in a perfect world. You'd also have tens of thousands, no doubt, outside uh, enjoying the street party, baking under that sun. Uh, and, oh, my goodness, what, what kind of atmosphere would that be like? Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that the beer companies are taking a real hit this week on what could have been. <laughs> that is for sure. Yes. Um, listen, Mike, we're going to focus on the Jets and the upcoming series, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you right off the bat before we completely bury the leaves. Um, <laughs> what do you make of the choke job by Toronto in this series? I mean, it seemed like it was over. Our chat was overflowing with Leaf fans cocky, pumping their chests out before they'd even won the series last week. And I mean, two overtime games later, you've got game seven and pretty much a no-show from the highest paid, most important players in the biggest game for the Leafs in a long, long time. You know, it's incredible. They keep changing kind of the supporting cast. They bring in all these these veterans that are, you know, supposed to bring the calming influence to the young core. And as you pointed out, Haas, I mean, I'm with you. I think Jason Spezza was tremendous in that first round. You can't pin this on the old guys, whether it's Spezza or Wayne Simmons or even Joe Thornton. I mean, those guys were playing, you know, more protected roles. It really does come down to what would seem to be a, a highly skilled but flawed uh, core uh, that when the when the bright, you know, the lights get brightest, they wilt under the pressure. And you have to give credit, of course, to Montreal. Like they, they put on an absolute defensive clinic. Uh, defending uh, like their lives depended on it, and they did. I mean, last night, the way they they really bottled up the neutral zone and gave the Leafs you know, very little, and Carey Price, of course, was there for whatever chances Toronto did generate. But I don't know, Huss. I mean, I, I don't know how many times you can just keep going back to the well with this same core when the results would suggest that, that there's something really flawed there. And no doubt this is going to lead to all kinds of soul searching. You often hear the expression, you know, you have to walk before you can run. This Leafs team, it it seems they can't even crawl at times, uh, you know, when when the pressure gets gets significant. (laughs) 
they I end like, up sort of vomiting all over themselves uh, on on the big stage. I liken it more to uh, remember you were a kid and you were learning how to ride a bike, and first you got training wheels, and then you took them off, and you know you fell down and face planted a few times. Some kids, right. you know, you fall down once and then, okay, you got it going forward. The Leafs are that kid that falls down, falls down again. And then just as you think you're getting it, hits something in the road and has the most calamitous fall of all. And that, I think, where the Leafs are right now. Coming back from this is going to be very difficult. The pressure on, I mean, Brendan Shanahan, right to the top. Kyle Dubas. Right. Sheldon Keefe as well for answers. And again, so much of it goes back to the way that they put that team together. And listen, I'll give Kyle Dubas a ton of credit for the way he filled out his roster. thought he took advantage of um, you know the fact that you know there's a lot of people that do want to play in Toronto, guys that are from there, taking cheap deals. And you're exactly right. I mean, outside of Nylander, Jason Spezza was probably their best player in the series. And yeah. listen, you're not going to win any Stanley Cups you know, like that. But it all comes back to, for me, the way Marner bent the team over, the deal that Matthews got. And when you invest that much on deals, not even to max term, Mike, um, you know, you simply cannot win if those guys don't pull their weight. And it's fascinating. I mean, there's 18 players, I believe, that make over $10 million in the league right now. There's one of them still playing. And I would argue that Carey Price, of all of those, probably earned the money more than any because of his incredible career with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, there'll be a lot of talk about roster makeup and whether you can afford those huge stars because so many of them are making tea times right now, Mike. You know, it, it really reinforces the notion that hockey is the ultimate team sport. It We love the big stars for sure, but the big stars don't necessarily equate to big victories and the big salaries certainly don't. This is not the NBA where you can have a superstar to that could carry your team to a championship. It's not even major league baseball in that sense where the LA Dodgers can stockpile, you know, all the talent in hockey. Um, you know, when you have a top heavy salary cap as a team like the Leafs do three guys, I believe in double digits. Right. And that's, that would seem to be based on history, a recipe for postseason failure. And, you know, you look at the Jets, right? Blake Wheeler is the highest earning player at eight, whatever. And they got a lot of guys kind of in that range, but Blake Wheeler kind of is the salary cap. And it would seem to me that that is almost the template for success. Or, you know, to look at a team that, that recently won it all, the Tampa Bay Lightning, look at how their salary cap is structured. Um, you know, to go as top heavy as the Leafs did on their salary uh, really leaves you shortchanging perhaps some other areas. Um, you know, you can't pin this one on goaltending, which has been a common thing that people in Toronto want to blame. And I don't even think you could pin it, say, on the blue line, which was thought to be a weakness. They just couldn't score and their their best players couldn't score. And I don't want to hear the John Tavares excuse. I mean, John Tavares is a really good player, but Toronto was supposed to have the depth to weather the loss of a really good player. Other teams have done it. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, for whatever reason, could not. And so here we are, a, a battle of underdogs, two teams that I think pretty much everybody had written off for dead when the playoffs began. And suddenly the Jets uh, are not only enjoying home ice advantage, if there is such a thing in the postseason, but they will go into the second round Going from a heavy underdog in round one to what I would suggest would be a slight favorite in round two. Who could have predicted that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, 
Listen, it's going to be fun. Um, the the matchup is phenomenal. And speaking yeah. of goaltending, we may as well go right there. Um, Carey Price has been the backbone of the Montreal Canadiens, and very similarly here in Winnipeg, Connor Hellebach is the backbone of the Winnipeg Jets. And interesting enough, I don't think anyone expected Price, but you know Hellebach certainly you can make an argument was one of the top goaltenders in the league. Did not get a Vesna nomination today after winning it last year. It was Vasilevsky and Fleury were no-brainers. Um, it was Grubauer, I think, that if you dig into the numbers, maybe. I mean, listen, he played on arguably the best team in the league, and sometimes right. that helps. But what do you make of the goaltending matchup in this series, Mike? And, um, like, Connor Hellebuck's about as confident as they come. Um, yeah. Is there anything to be taken from this snub? Can that help him going into tomorrow and this head-to-head matchup against Carey Price? Well, as you pointed out, I think on Twitter, Huss, that that's not the trophy. The Vesna is not the trophy that Connor Hellebuck is most interested in. He's got one of those. I'm sure a second one would have been nice, uh, but he's got his eyes on a much bigger prize. And uh, so, you know, I'm sure he'll use that. Uh, he loves to kind of use people counting him out. Uh, we've seen it after bad games where we know he rebounds really well. So, hey, it, it's another log on the fire, which can't hurt. You know, I asked Connor Hellebuck when, when we spoke with him yesterday after practice. Uh, we know he had a friend; he has a friendship with Jack Campbell, and I think a lot of people were thinking we were going to get, you know, the battle of the buddies in in Hellebuck versus Campbell. A lot of people think that could be the tandem on the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, of course, we're not getting that now. We're getting Hellebuck versus Price, which to me it's a it's a surefire, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer against a guy that very well could be a Hall of Famer when his career is, is said and done in Connor Hellebuck. I asked Connor if, if there was any relationship that he had with Carey Price and told a funny story that he's he said, I've only, I think, chatted with him once, and it was to ask him for a stick at an All-Star game a couple years ago. Uh, so I don't think Connor Hellebuck will be asking Carey Price for his stick after this series, but no doubt Connor would love to uh, add this to his resume to be able to to, to, you know, best uh, a Hall of Famer in Carey Price. And, yeah, it's going to be a great goaltending matchup. It would suggest, Huss, that goals are going to be hard to come by for both teams, and scoring will be at a premium. Of course, whether or not it works out that way, sometimes the opposite ends up being true. Maybe we'll get a 6-5 barn burner off the hop. Uh, but for sure, you've got two goalies who are elite at what they do and who are both coming off tremendous first-round series where they were big, big parts of why their team uh, had success and, and played the role of the spoiler. Now, Mike, going into this series, we could not have more different situations for the two clubs. The Jets have been kicking back, practicing, resting, working yeah. on things, and waiting to find out who they've been playing for over a week. The Montreal Canadiens finish up in Toronto, and I would imagine on their way to Winnipeg to get things going for tomorrow's game number one. Um, rust versus rest on the Jets side of things. Um, the Habs coming off a emotional meat grinder of a seven game series. What do you make? Like before we talk about the matchups on the ice, what do you make of the advantages or disadvantages for Winnipeg right. and Montreal going into game one? You know, I, I'm not sure, like looking just in a vacuum at game one, it's really hard to say what, what it's going to look like. Right. Because you can, you can look at, recent examples and see both extremes. You could look at the other night in Colorado where you had Vegas coming off a big game seven win against Minnesota. 
uh, riding the momentum of of keeping their season alive. They go into Colorado to play a, a, a Colorado team that had a, had a weak break after a sweep. And Colorado annihilates the Golden Knights. Like Vegas didn't look like they even belonged in the, in the same building, let alone the same league. However, we can also look back to the Jets example against Vegas back in 2018, where Winnipeg came off that emotional high, that draining seven-game series against Nashville against a rested Vegas team that had won pretty easily in the second round. Winnipeg comes home and they dominated Vegas that night. But as we now know, history suggests they kind of emptied the tank and that was it. Like they peaked in game one and it was all downhill from there. So I don't know so much how what kind of factor it could be tomorrow night. We know Montreal is feeling great about their game. They won three in a row, two game, game five and six in overtime, game seven last night. And the Jets, yeah, they're coming off a nine-day break, which I don't know that there's really any any recipe on how you handle that. What I do think, Huss, is that as this series goes on, you got to think that it starts to tilt in Winnipeg's favor, whether that materializes in game one or not. And, you know, don't forget Montreal, Toronto, they started the day after Winnipeg Edmonton started. They started May 20th. They just went seven games. Jets played four. By my math, by next Monday night, when game four is held in Montreal, that will be Montreal's 11th game in 19 days. The Jets will have played seven times in that same span, including a nine-day break. So, you know, whether or not it, it factors into tomorrow's game, who knows? But I think as the series goes on, those legs got to be starting to get tired for the Montreal Canadiens. And the Jets, you would think, would have the much fresher legs. And a Jets team that I would suggest is much deeper up front than Montreal you'd think there'd be opportunities for Winnipeg to use that to its advantage. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, with us live on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Huge numbers today. Everybody's fired up for this series to get going tomorrow. Thanks to everyone for joining us live on the YouTube. If, you, if you're new and you haven't already, please hit the red subscribe button and join us every day here at 1 o'clock. And um, if you're just popping in but normally listen on podcast. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, put in Winnipeg Sports Talk, hit the subscribe button, and join us daily. Um, so, Mike, the team was back on for the final practice before finally dropping the puck on this series. Um, what did we uh, garner from practice today? As um, yeah. I mean, they've pretty much been doing the same thing, I imagine, <laughs> but at least now they know their opponent. Um, anything changed today? We'll get to what the coach said in a minute. Um, we hear from any of the Winnipeg Jets now that they actually know who their opponent is. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day at Bell MTS, that's for sure. I mean, uh, several players have said that we practiced more in this last week than we had in the last two months. And that's not hyperbole. That's the truth. They really have. Um, I guess one note today, Huss, although there's no reason for alarm, Paul Stasny was absent from practice today, and we asked Paul Maurice about that. He said, hey, Paul Stasny's 35 years old. He's played 1,000 games. He's entitled to take the option here after six days of practice. So that is maintenance and nothing more. Uh, the Jets will roll the exact same lineup in game one tomorrow that they played in the series against the Oilers and and or the last couple games because, of course, they didn't start that series against Edmonton with either Pierre-Luc Dubois or Nikolai Ehlers. They got Dubois in game two. They got Ehlers in game three. Uh, everybody came out of that series healthy. And so they're going to roll the exact same lineup that they finished that series with, which 
you know, to me, that's a no-brainer. I, I really like what the three defensive pairs did. I really, really like the Stanley and Tucker Pullman as a third pair. I thought they were really effective against Edmonton. Uh, Logan Stanley did some great work on the penalty kill. Uh, so if it ain't broke, why fix it? There's nothing to fix here if you're the Jets. And they got a lot of healthy bodies, obviously, that would love to get into the lineup, whether it's, you know, a guy like Dominic Toninato, who is, uh, uh, you know, the scoring hero, of course, in game one. You got guys like Veselainen and Harkins. You got Jordy Ben and Billy Heinle. Like, there's a lot of guys here that there's just no room for right now. And it's a good problem to have if you're the Jets. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, you know, the coach, you know, we had Paul Maurice on last week, had a great chat with him, but obviously he wasn't, we didn't even bother going into the next round until he right. knew who the opponent was. First time coaches spoke about having an opponent. Um, what did he have to say about the Montreal Canadiens coming to Winnipeg and starting at home as well? It's funny. He said, in a way, it was like looking in the mirror, watching how Montreal shut down Toronto. As Paul Maurice said, they shut down the fourth and fifth best scorers in the league. We more or less shut down the number one and number two scorers in the league. Of course, McDavid and Dreisaitl had had the one big night uh, in, in what was the epic comeback victory by the Jets. But other than that, Winnipeg really kept those two in check, just as Montreal managed to shut down, you know, Marner and Matthews. And you look at a line, uh, you know, Phil Deneau doesn't score a whole lot, right? But he's a guy that plays a really stingy defensive game and I suspect that Mark Shifley and, and that line is going to see a healthy dose of Deneau. Paul Maurice talked a bit about that but yeah I mean he was emphasizing the defensive parts of the game from the from the goalie on out just to the the good feeling that Montreal will have coming into town here and trying to ride that momentum you know straight through a second round so yeah the coach is uh, is certainly excited for it uh, I think like everybody you know, it's too bad that, that they can't have a packed building because it would be the the atmosphere would be electric. But I think there's a real sense of excitement and I dare say relief that a game is finally on tap after just practice, practice, practice. Uh, to quote Allen Iverson, we're talking about practice. It's nice to have a game to talk about. Hey, um, speaking of fans, uh, I know that there were some things going on behind the scenes to potentially yeah. have some people in the building, whether it was fully vaccinated healthcare workers like last night in Toronto. Um, uh, are you hearing anything on that? I mean, that will there be anybody else in the building other than the media and the Bud Seltzer right. guy? Yeah, Seltzer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, so we reported uh, in today's Winnipeg Free Press that, that, True North has made uh, not one but two proposals that are currently on the desk of provincial government and health officials that would call for a controlled, limited number of spectators. Um, so proposal number one, Huss, is for uh, fully vaccinated frontline workers, uh, very similar to what they did in Toronto last night, uh, to be allowed into the building along with family members of Jets players it's not clear whether the requirement would be that they be fully vaccinated. I'm not sure of the vaccination status of, of family members. I mean, I would think a lot of them wouldn't be double dosed yet, uh, just based on the criteria in Manitoba. Uh, so that's proposal number one. Proposal two is uh, just for families only. And I presume they would be put in suites or something. It's not like they'd be on the ice with the players, but they are sharing a home with these players, right? They, the players come home to these families. So uh, as of this afternoon, there's been no decision from the province 
Uh, Dr. Rusin spoke about it sort of generally yesterday to say that, um, you know, they will have to look at the epidemiology and things like that. We know in Ontario, Huss, it came down to the wire yesterday. It was only on the morning of the game that the Ontario government actually made a reversal and allowed those 550 frontline workers. Will we see a last ditch kind of Hail Mary like that tomorrow? Uh, I can't tell you one way or the other. I just know that the Jets have made the ask. Whether it happens as early as tomorrow or has to be kicked down the road a little bit remains to be seen. But uh, there is the chance that there would be more than just the players and staff and and us media types in the building. And I mean, any atmosphere, I guess, would be better than no atmosphere. So we'll wait and see on that. But it is an interesting storyline to keep an eye on for sure. So uh, Joe Q public or season ticket holder with one shot shouldn't get his hopes up about getting into the building for the North final, Mike? Not unless Joe Q public, well, it probably would have to be double dosed and and working on the front lines. But yeah, I mean, I think, look, we're not in a situation like Montreal. They had 2,500 in the building on Saturday. And my understanding, Huss, is there was no requirement. You you didn't have to be a frontline worker. You didn't have to be double dosed. Hell, I don't know if you even had to be single dose. I think anybody, whoever could get their hands on those 2,500 tickets was welcome into the building under the, I don't believe they had the concessions open. Like there were certain limitations for sure, but we're not in the same boat as Quebec, just as we're not in the same boat anywhere close, unfortunately, as a lot of these U.S. markets. No doubt we're all a bit envious when we flip the dial and we see you know, huge crowds, in some cases near capacity now. Um, and, you know, it's it's sad in a way to think that at one point, a lot of people around here were kind of looking down at the U.S. <laughs> and even Quebec. At one point, their numbers were way worse than ours. Uh, look where we are and where they are now. And, uh, I mean, brighter days are on the horizon for sure. Uh, but in a way, the timing couldn't be worse, right, with the Jets – playing their best hockey, their most meaningful hockey, and it coming at kind of one of the worst times in the pandemic with regards to public health restrictions. Yeah, well, listen, we're already leading the nation in what, murder, slurpees, and COVID-19, so maybe we could you know, get on top in hockey. That might you know, make people feel a little bit better uh, as we go forward. <laughs> um, listen, Mike, uh, really looking forward to this series. Just before we finish up, um, you mentioned about the defensive focus of the Winnipeg Jets, the way they played, and I think we all assumed that that would be the case going up against the Leafs. The Habs are a very different right. team. I mean, do the Jets need to focus as much on defense as they did before? Will it be more about finding a way to score against the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, and Paul Maurice touched on that a little bit today, that there's not going to be a whole lot of highlight real pretty goals. Right? It's going to be, you know, you, you don't beat Carey Price clean very often, just like you don't beat Connor Hellebuck clean. Like, it's getting to those dirty areas, deflections, you know, redirects, rebounds, what have you. And we know Montreal, they got a big bruising defense core in a way, you know, some of the guys we're familiar with, Ben Sherratt, certainly Shea Weber is a beast on the blue line. Joel Edmondson, Manitoba product, right? Like there's some there's some big boys and and the Jets are going to have their hands full. Certainly Montreal, I expect, will try and, and bring a physical element, but we know the Jets can play that way as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a real battle net front, I suspect. And yeah, I, I, I do think goals are going to be at a premium. Uh, if you want to, if you want to beat these goaltenders, you're going to have to get in their way. You know, take their eyes away, as the saying goes. 
and it just makes for a real compelling element to watch here uh, in what, what's going to be a sprint, right? Like this series is going to be condensed again with the back-to-backs as they try and catch up with the rest of the league. So uh, we won't get a whole lot of time to catch our breath, but it should be thrilling nonetheless. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy game one, and uh, uh, hopefully we can catch up at some point next week to uh, continue following the Winnipeg Jets as they try to uh, win the North and move on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You bet. Enjoy round two. Appreciate it. There he is, Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. You can read all of Mike's reporting on the Winnipeg Jets and the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Winnipeg Free Press and online at Winnipeg News. Cannot wait for our next guest, Nick Kiprios, coming up in just a second. Before we do that, want to thank uh, a couple more of our sponsors, not Autocorp, with us from day number one. Uh, dating back to the 1290 days, Trevor and his uh, staff have been so supportive of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, um, you know, as I said, been doing a family-owned business in Winnipeg giving folks great deals to move on into the car of their dreams. So um, if you haven't already, why not take a trip down to Waverly and McGillivray, not Autocorp. They've got tons of Teslas right now, some beautiful convertibles if you want to take advantage of the beautiful summer, and they'll help you consign your present vehicle if you are looking to make a move and an upgrade to get you max value for your car. Obviously, they do detailing, body work, all in one spot, not Autocorp, Waverly and McGillivray, and online at not.ca. And a shout out to the Royal Sports guys. The whiteout gear is flying out of the store right now. You still have some time to get Jets whiteout gear, jerseys, car flags, and whatnot for tomorrow's game number one. They've also got an incredible selection of Jets Yeti mugs. In addition to camping, disc golf, soccer, baseball, bikes, it really is the true superstore. Royal Sports, 650 Rally NK, 750 Pemina Highway, and you know they've been around for a long time. When I can pull this out of the drawer, I think that shirt's about 20 years old. I don't know if Greg's in the chat, but I'm sure he likes that one. And, of course, Boston Pizza. Every night is game night right now with the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. Take advantage of the great game night deals, including the Meteor with the spicy pierogi pizza and the 24-pack of wings, or as you can see on the screen right there, the pizza flights on sale right now for $18.99. Uh, It's still going to be a little while before we're in the BP lounges, enjoying schooners and watching the Jets together. But right now, take the taste of Boston Pizza home, order online or by phone for takeout or delivery right now. All right, this has been a long time coming. I've been a long time fan of our next guest. We were on one side of the media side. Nick was on the other. Uh, It is an absolute pleasure for the first time to welcome on to Winnipeg Sports Talk the real Kipper himself, NHL insider Nick Kiprios. You can see him daily with Real Kipper at noon on the Line Movement YouTube channel. Nick, thanks so much for doing this. It's a real pleasure to have you on the program. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm warranted of all that uh, nice talk, but uh, hey, you're a good liar. Thank you. <laughs> Give me a break. One of the best in the biz, and it's a real privilege to have you on the program, especially at such an exciting time of the year. I imagine excitement here in the peg a little bit more than in southern Ontario right now. Before we get to Jets Habs, I mean, uh, what do you make of the collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs in that first round, Nick? Well, certainly people in southern Ontario, uh, Leaf Nation, whatever you want to call them, are uh, start talking about uh, one of the uh, epic, uh, whatever you want to collapse, choke, uh, use anything that you want to use that you're comfortable with. But when you're uh, as dominant as they were in the division all season long, albeit a, a shortened season, 
you expect more. So plenty of dissecting, more so than any other time because the bar was so high for Leaf fans that, uh, quite frankly, I, I, I don't know if they know where to start uh, when you, when you want to answer the simple question of what went wrong for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, I digested quite a bit of post-game reaction from both media and fans last night and this morning, and um, it kind of comes with the territory when you, you know, earn the sort of contracts that Marner and Matthews did, but um, the lack of production from their two highly paid stars really does sort of seem to stand out as the reason why they weren't able to get that final victory. Where are you at on that? Well, no, no question. Uh, you're going to point the finger at the highest paid player and. There's just no way. I, I don't care whether or not you're a, a Fairweather fan watching from afar or you've been in the business like I have at the professional level for well over 35 years. There's nobody in their right mind that could ever predict that uh, a guy like uh, Austin Matthews, who led the league in goals this year, would find it difficult to get a shot on goal, let alone uh, crossing the, the goal line with a puck. And... Marner's the same way, top scorer in the league, one of the best playmakers, completely shut down. Like the game, their game fell over a cliff here, and, and nobody saw that coming. And saying that, unlike maybe a baseball game where you can win with a, a great starting pitcher or a quarterback that controls the ball on every play, Winning Stanley Cups is around guys that can rally each other when it's not going well. And if you want to win four rounds to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have the depth that can get your star players through some tough times. And you need a coaching staff that can make adjustments to buy them time to get themselves going again. And that does happen. Stars do have uh, certain areas in the playoffs where it's not going well, and, and you need depth and I think the Leafs were very they were exposed on their depth and you factor in Tavares got hurt and now think about the drop off from Austin Matthews at center ice in the number one slot and then where do you go Kerfoot you go um, Spezza you go Enball you go Brooks uh, there's not much there and I think the Leafs really truly were uh, left uh, a little short of that depth to be seriously considered as contenders for a Stanley Cup. Nick, never mind the fan base. That team has to have a lot of scar tissue with them. I mean, the failures now 0-8 in elimination games. Uh, you know, they sort of have that core. And I know there's a ton of, you know, plenty of unrestricted free agents. And Kyle Dubas will resign some guys, mix it around. But with that core, I mean... What's the after effect of having loss after loss like this with so much pressure on them? I mean, how do they move past this uh, into next season? You're built to only con to control what you can control, and that's your on-ice play, and, and the majority of the guys are disappointed. But it's going to have a different look. Uh, the experiment on Thornton was a disaster. Uh, the first rounder for Nick Felino was a disaster. Uh moving Morgan Riley off the power play and putting a young, inexperienced player like Sandine to quarterback a power play on a team supposed to contend for a Stanley Cup was a disaster. So those changes will be addressed. What, what they do moving forward uh, remains to be seen, but Matthews and Marner will get a different look. Wayne Simmons will be out. Spezza, 
hey, listen, Spezza did everything that uh, he was asked of and more on a, on a minimum salary, but he's still 37 going on 38, and you got to make a decision on whether or not you want to give him his 12 or 13 minutes or start giving it to a player that you can you can build for the next three, four, five years and maybe a Nick Robertson. So they're going to have a much different look next year. And with that comes the hope that this time there'll be more support for me uh, on top of the the pressure that I put on myself. But that's that's how you get over it. You get another opportunity. And even though that they've been around and, and hit a few disappointments with the Matthews and the Marners, I don't see them going anywhere. And I see uh, another opportunity as early as next season. Now it's up to the management team to maybe surround them with more depth, more real depth than uh, than the facade to, that we saw in the first round. Well, and speaking of that, we've got a few uh, you know commenters in the chat asking about the Shanna plan. I mean, like a loss like this goes all the way to the top of an organization. Brendan Shanahan is that guy. He's hired Carl Dubas, who has hired Sheldon Keefe. Um, Will this continue going forward as a group with another shot to try to finally get it done, Nick? Or uh, does the way that this team lost maybe change things? Yeah, I I don't see anything significant. For instance, like the New York Rangers changing their coach and general manager. Uh, This is a board uh, at MLSE uh, owned by Rodgers and Bell. And I just, I don't get a sense that there's a, a tremendous amount of uh, pressure on Brendan Shanahan, not only for his job, but to make changes at the coaching uh, and general manager level. Uh, Brendan Shanahan really stuck his neck out for Kyle Dubas. Uh, not too many teams would have gone that inexperienced for a guy at, when he was pulled out of Sault Ste. Marie, uh, had never really done anything, won anything. So, for Brendan Shanahan to bail on Kyle Dubas now, uh, the only way I see that is if he's not asked, he's told by the board, and I, I don't get that sense. So that meaning that if Brendan Shanahan's safe, then there's a very good chance Kyle Dubas is safe, and we know Sheldon Keefe is Kyle's guy, therefore he should be safe. And I, I'm not sure if Lee fans want to hear that, but right now there's nothing to suggest that any significant changes at the management level is coming, and they'll somehow get another opportunity. Uh, that's seven years that Brendan Shanahan has not been able to get out of the first round. Some people would have said that uh, anybody else but his stature as a Hall of Famer and a 600-goal scorer and a Stanley Cup champion wouldn't have lasted this long, but it appears he, he will get another chance. Well, um, there'll be lots of Leaf talk, I'm sure, through the offseason. But we're, of course, now focusing on the Jets and the Habs. Before I ask you about the Jets, um, what impressed you about Montreal and how they were able to come back and beat the Leafs in the fashion that they did? Um, and what sort of an opponent do you think the Winnipeg Jets will find tomorrow at Bell MTS Place in Game 1? Well, it, it was. I know everybody got caught up in the, the original six Toronto versus Montreal thing, but it was some bad hockey. And it just seemed like who wanted to give away the series more, Montreal or Toronto? And we know Toronto prevailed, but there was some bad hockey out of the Montreal Canadiens as well. But they were able to check, and they were able to shut down, and they were able to take a shooter, a pure shooter like Austin Matthews, and take away his lanes. And there were no adjustments from either Matthews or the coaching staff to change angles or to try a a different look. But Montreal does a great job of, of, of shutting down lanes. And 
that could be the case as they focus on Nick Ehlers, as they focus on Shifley and Wheeler. If they can play that that tight box and take lanes away, now you have a chance for Carey Price to do what he did against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that is find ways to get him a, a one or goal two lead and, and not necessarily sit on it, but at least know that when you take lanes away, you give Carey Price the best chance to win. I don't see them changing much in that. But at times it's uh, downright uh, frustrating for, I'm sure, Montreal fans to see Montreal try to score goals. They can't score goals like Toronto. They can't score goals like Winnipeg. So we're going to have to see that same style of play. And, you know, it's often been said that uh, it's way easier to tear down a house than it is to build a house. And that's Montreal's philosophy here, right? <laughs> it's defense first. I'll take our, we'll take our chances winning one nothing and 2-1 with Carey Price going, once again, looking like a top-paid goalie in the league. Well, it's funny you say that. Nick Kiprios with us from Line Movement here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. You know, you, you speak about that and very similar to what the Winnipeg Jets did against the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. I mean, the Jets stunk in the last month of the season. I mean, they lost seven in a row, nine of ten. There was a lot of concern around here as to what happened to the Winnipeg Jets. And Paul Maurice came on with us last week and spoke about how that slump, you know, affecting many aspects of the team, as ugly as it was, came at the perfect time where they had their playoff spot and they were able to focus on what they were going to need to do to get back to playing the sort of hockey that will succeed in the playoffs. And, you know, they went into that series against Edmonton and played a defensive brand of hockey that we honestly hadn't seen in a long, long time. I'm interested in your thoughts on, you know, the way the Jets played in an incredibly tight series against the Edmonton Oilers, but they were good enough, especially in overtime in the big moments with Connor Hellebuck to win four straight. Well, you're right, and that's a that stretch. I think where they're three and nine, and people were calling for Paul Maurice's job. It was ugly, was it not? Shifley being benched, it was not. It was not pretty times there, but you know, timing's everything in life. We overall, we overall, we looked at that North uh, Division, and again, everybody went through horrible stretches, including the Edmonton Oilers to start the season, and you're 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 wondering. Is this North Division in the same league as the rest of the other three divisions here? Why am I seeing such better hockey south of the border? And what's going on here? And again, even the first round with Toronto-Montreal, it's it's night and day when you watch that series compared to what we've been seeing uh, south of the border. Yet, timing's everything in life for the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets. They, they got their act together at, at the right time. And now we look at Winnipeg. They should be favored. They are deeper they can score uh more goals and maybe it's just fitting that we we know on on paper before even the season started the two best goalies in the in the division Hellebuck and Carey Price and now they're they're facing each other so Winnipeg was able to get healthy the nine days off between series I'm sure meant more to Nick Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois than anybody we haven't seen the best out of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I still think when it's all said and done, to have great success, it'll be Shifley and, and uh, Luc Dubois down the middle, factor in Lowry. And now that's a tall task for the likes of uh, Deno, Kakinemi, Suzuki. That's where the, the strength in this series will take over, I think, for Winnipeg. 
Let me ask you this from Maurice's perspective, because I think, you know, let's face it, for the last week, especially since the Leafs went up 3-1, I think most of us thought that we were going to see a Winnipeg-Toronto series, and we thought that the challenge for the Winnipeg Jets going up against Toronto would be very similar to what they had to do going up against Edmonton, to play first and foremost, lock it down in the neutral zone defensively, don't allow scores on the rush, and take care of the top forwards on Toronto. Montreal is a very different team, and they're winning games in different ways. Does the do, do the Winnipeg Jets approach this series the same way they had against Edmonton, or they would have against Toronto, or does it change a little bit with the makeup of the Habs? I, I think it's a natural. Um, it's a, it's a, it's natural to feel like at some t- when you watch a Connor McDavid and a Drysaitel. Listen, the only thing you know for sure is that these guys can put you on your heels really quickly. So there's a there's a guarded feeling, a natural pro, um, progressive. Get on our heels and don't give them anything because we know that uh, they can make you look foolish. I don't know in terms of what we'll see in terms of uh, a natural instinct now, and the perception could be is there's no McDavid on that team, there's no Drysital, there's no Matthews, there's no Marner, there's just a bunch of pluggers out there. Let's. Let's go get some goals. And I think that could be a big mistake. I, I, I think they showed tremendous patience against Edmonton. And they pounced when they were supposed to pounce, and they, they didn't give up too much. And when they did, Hellebuck was there. I think if they can really stay disciplined and not, and not get lured into this team's not that good because we know that they can check and we know that they're battle tested and they showed awfully great discipline in the last three games. Not so much in the first part of the, the series uh, against Toronto, but when it came to closing this thing out after getting back in the series, they showed that they can, they can check, they can play hard hockey, they can stay in lanes. Uh, they don't break down. Don't give odd man rushes. And, we think still, you know, I mean, Shifley, those guys, they, they like their cookies, right? Who doesn't? Uh, everybody wants to score goals. Wheeler, Ehlers. But there's, there's got to be a sense now if, if Montreal shuts it down that uh, we, we, can, we can be patient here and wait it out and, and, and wait for our opportunity. So that's where I think Winnipeg's got to be very careful, very disciplined, is to, to not force things and, and wait for the right opportunity. To score goals. Nick Kiprios of Line Movement and Real Kipper at noon with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Nick, big picture question. It's interesting. It was brought to my attention that of the 18 players making 10 million or more in the NHL, there is one left, and that's Carey Price. Um, you know, when you look at the way a team like Winnipeg has been built with some pretty good long-term team-friendly contracts, Shifley and Ehlers and Connor and Hellebuck, uh, as well as Boston, Tampa. Can you win in a flat cap world with, you know, these superstar players at such high prices that it's hard to fill out the rest of the roster? Well, look at the disappointments of the Tampa Bay Lightning prior to last year. And they had had Stamkos and Hedman and uh, Kucherov. And yet when they went out and decided to get uh, Coleman and Goudreau, that put them over the edge. And we watched the Toronto Maple Leafs last night dress a, a fourth lineup of a Thornton, 
Spatza, I don't know, Simmons ended up there or not, but that's not a fourth line that you win with. And those guys are difference makers. Sezikis last night, Matt Martin, Clutterbuck, game-winning goal, play hard, play through you. And those are the depth guys that you need, again, when your $10 million guy gets shut down. And that's the difference between moving on or not. So uh, now all of a sudden you look at Winnipeg and they've got a different feel with Mason Appleton and Cop, and, you know, Nate plays hard. Trevor Lewis plays hard. Those guys are legit, you know, fourth line guys. Um, so that's the way you win. And again, $10 million players sometimes can cancel themselves out. And then historically, it's Detroit's grind line that finds a difference uh, to decide hockey games. And that's the true depth of winning a championship. Four rounds, 13, 14 forwards. If you factor in injuries over two months, that's called real depth. That's how you win Stanley Cups. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up too much in the superstar status of uh, one guy trying to, be the difference maker in our game, maybe starting pitching and baseball, a quarterback that takes every offensive snap, but not hockey, man. It takes everybody. Oh, Nick, this has been so great. I mean, we've been focusing all season really on the North, but there's been some great hockey south of the border. I've got to ask you, has anyone beaten the avalanche this spring? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a wagon. I was like, uh, I was like taking notes. It's like a clinic the other night. And Vegas comes off a very hard emotional series against uh, Minnesota. There might be a tendency to take a deep breath, and then the puck's already dropped, and the next thing you know, uh, you lose the game 7-1. Robin Leonard, uh, me personally, I I would have gone Marc-Andre Fleury, but if the feeling was that, you weren't going to have much of a chance to win anyways, and you can rest flurry. Maybe, uh, you know, DeBoer knows something that uh, we don't, and, and maybe that's why he's making uh, a coach's salary and I'm sitting beside this desk here, at <laughs> real kipper at noon. Uh, but whatever the case is, they, they, have to, they have to show up for game two, and, and Marc-Andre Fleury's got to come back and, and, and pull a, a rabbit out of his hat because right now they look unstoppable in, in Colorado and, McCarr looks like the absolute real deal here. I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a guy in a long time. Er, er, uh, Eric Carlson in Ottawa in his heyday winning Norris's, uh, I think is the closest thing I've seen to that type of lateral movement in, in, in his skating to go east-west and, and, and be so dangerous. McCarr is incredible. Oh, he is. What a treat to watch. That entire team is, uh, I mean... And we've been t- talking about the Minnesota Wild, too, who are out now. But, I mean, the turnaround. Like, when they come to Winnipeg next year, people are not going to recognize the team that, you know, was sort of slow and old and boring of a couple seasons ago and where they're at. But just on the way out, Nick, we know the winner of the North is going to be playing the winner of the Vegas um, Avalanche Series. When it comes to Tampa, Carolina, Islanders, and Boston, who do you see playing for the Stanley Cup out of those four teams? Well, I'm a big believer if uh, if somebody's got a Stanley Cup, it's it's theirs until someone takes it away from them. And, uh, you know, we saw Savard go down in Tampa Bay, but uh, 
I'm hearing that uh, it's not long term and he's day to day, and that's a good thing. So uh, they 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 look pretty primed. And Vasilevsky, if if he's not still uh, considered uh, one of the best goalie in the league, it's only because Carey Price came on uh, in the last uh, three games against Toronto to take that title. But they look like they're solid, right? right out of the blue paint, uh, straight to the center dot, you know, to open up a face-off. And, again, it's theirs until someone else takes it away from them. Nick, uh, it's such a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, let people know where they can uh, get more of Nick Kiprios with uh, Real Kipper at noon. Oh, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's linemovement.com. We have a YouTube channel. It's Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with my good friend and, and colleague, uh, Doug McLean. Uh, so uh, sometimes we don't know where he is. He could be on a, in his <laughs> RV somewhere uh, while his uh, while his wife holds up uh, rabbit ears to get uh, internet. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun. We we're doing what we did at Sportsnet on Hockey Central at noon, and that's just uh, talking the game and and enjoying it. So uh, come aboard, subscribe to Real Kipper at noon, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, for huge numbers with us today. And uh, for everyone here, uh, Remus has uh, put the uh, link to the channel in the uh, in the description of today's show. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy round two, the battle for uh, the North. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to do this again sometime with you in the future. Appreciate it. Likewise to everybody else. Uh, enjoy the second round. <laughs> thanks. There he is, Real Kipper himself. That's Nick Kiprios. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Real Kipper. And make sure to uh, subscribe to the Line Movement YouTube channel and check out more of Nick and Doug McLean having fun talking hockey Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks again to Nick Kiprios. Man, that was great. I, you know, I've been looking forward, and I talked to Nick sometimes like with Gary in the past outside of um, obviously being on the air. Uh, but with Nick being a Sportsnet guy for so long, we being on the TSN side, it never came together. So uh, this world of independence continues to bring fruit for us here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, that was a long time coming, and that was a hell of a great chat. And I'll tell you what, with over 700 people watching live right now, I can tell everybody having uh, everybody having fun with us with Nick Kiprios here. Um, we we got some more things to do. we got to talk lines. We're going to get to our picks for the races tonight. Uh, but with the weather that is coming, the playoffs, round two here, everybody's going to need to stock up on the best beer around. And that, of course, is Little Brown Jug. And if you're busy, you don't want to go out, you're trying to stay home, Little Brown Jug has you fully taken care of. Go to their amazingly new launch, relaunched website at littlebrownjug.ca and you can get the new summer lager, the new Hefeweizen, the GOAT, the 1919, as you can see right there in the spot, all ready for you for home delivery. Um, the new website's made it easier than ever to order online. And uh, as I said, they'll drop it right off to you at your door without even needing needing to leave your place. Little Brown Jug, littlebrownjug.ca. My personal favorite is the 1919 but I'm really loving the summer lager. Try them all this weekend to get ready for Jets playoffs and 35-plus degrees here in Winnipeg and in southern Manitoba. And, of course, the Cinnaboy Downs is back 
on the track tonight. First race goes around 7.30. It'll be the parade to post at 7.20. You're going to want to tune into ASD Live with Kirk Contois, Marshall, and Stretch for all their insight and picks. That's live at Assiniboia Downs at 6.45 tonight. And don't forget live racing every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday right now during the pandemic and where you're going to want to make your wagers on is hpibet.com. Open an account and you can go head-to-head with Michael Remus and myself. We'll get to our selections in a couple minutes here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And of course, shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. I've been seeing folks on the river, a lot of people getting out, throwing a uh, line in the water. Um, There's nothing like the Aikens Lake experience, a world-class family-run fishing lodge um, less than an hour and a half, really, from the city to the water. Uh, about a 45-minute drive, hour drive to where you get picked up at Silver Falls, short flight, and then a, a world-class, once-in-a-lifetime experience on the water. Normally, this is the busiest time of year, full packed with American uh, tourists, not happening this year because of the border. So there uh, is still limited availability to get out to Aikens Lake. Find out more, AikensLake.com, or hit Pit Turan up on Twitter, at Aikens Lake, and find out more. Um, holy smokes, Remo, let's uh, get, the, get the CTO back in here. Um, Remo, I knew that there was going to be a ton of excitement about the series now that we've got an opponent. Uh, but holy smokes, more record-breaking numbers of people in with us live on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily today. Uh, just phenomenal for Mike. And uh, I think we did hit new all-time highs in the chat when Kipper was on. Yeah, I think uh, I think we did. We hit over 700, like 730 people in chat. So I know we also get a number of podcast listeners after and some great uh, discussion as well, um, you know, speculating about the players. Actually, there's a question from a Montreal fan who came in. And he's like, hey, I don't know too much about the Jets. Who's the Jets' best player? And you could answer a number of different ways, I think. I said Hellebuck, you know, it's playoffs to rely on the goalie. But I think Ehlers is a good answer. Shifley, someone else says Wheeler because he's the captain. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of great, great answers. But I think we are looking forward to a fantastic series. You can see by the number of people, everyone here is uh, psyched for, the, for uh, I guess, Wednesday night. Yeah, no, I am. And that's a great question. I mean, like I said, I'm going to go with Hellebuck. I mean, I think he has been the Jets MVP the last few seasons. He was the best goalie in the league last year. And, you know, if you look at some of the advanced stats, pull up Money Puck, they'll tell you that he was the best goalie in the league this year as well. So he really is the guy. The interesting thing is that Mark Scheifele's always sort of been the feature forward, and he was great in the in the Edmonton series, but great in a different way, a more complete game from Mark Scheifele. Um but Remo, hard not to give Nikolai Ehlers probably the nod this year as the Jets' most dangerous and effective forward, considering what he did, you know, with limited opportunity on the top line, second power play unit, still as productive as anybody in a Jets jersey. The good thing, I think, from Winnipeg, and part of the reason why they're here, is that we can actually have a legitimate conversation throwing out a number of people as potentially the Jets' top player, and that speaks to the depth that Kevin Sheveldayov has assembled and um, the depth that, you know, is really the backbone of the Winnipeg Jets club without, you know, Connor McDavid or without Austin Matthews. They came together as a team and were able to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, and the one thing for the Jets, too, that's been so huge, I mean, we're not mentioning them as the top players, but that Lowry, Cop. Appleton line, they were trusted to go up against Connor McDavid, go against the best, and you know, similar way to you know, everyone's talking about Dan O on Montreal. 
I think that whole line is effective at uh, shutting down their opponent, but can also uh, contribute offensively. So uh, I'm curious what the, uh, you know, we focused so much on the line matching um, last series against McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, what is it going to be on Wednesday? And we have a whole other, you know, set of uh, lines to worry about now. It almost feels weird uh, that the Jets are going to be playing again, <laughs> a game, because it's been like a week uh, since they uh, come off. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, uh, Brandon. We don't need your shitty COVID he, takes. Thank done. you. That's sort he, of a, that's done. a new rule. Come in. Let's talk hockey. Yeah, Habs fan, Leafs fan, Jets fan, Oilers fan. We yeah. don't care. But we don't want anti-vax Al or COVID Karen yeah, blowing done. up the we, chat and taking us on. So Brandon, we don't thanks need to, for coming, yeah, but beat it. Yeah, we don't need to uh, halt the whole, whole show. But yeah, everyone's saying over the top uh, elimination, RKO out of nowhere. Um, yeah, we're here to Ooh. talk. Uh, here to Reem, talk speaking talk, of yeah. the chat, we've got our first ever hello to um, our Russian. Now, I, the the name is in Cyrillic. So uh, despite <laughs> the fact that I did take six credit hours of intro Russian in university, um, I can't read that. So I'm just going to read You took Russian? Tweet. I did. Yeah, I did. Do you know um, anything still? Uh, yeah, Strasvutya, Menya Zavut Hustler. Wait, there you go. That's, what? That says, Hello, my name is Hustler. Come uh, on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm dead serious. Hello to my Canadian friends. I'm from Russia. Good luck, Winnipeg. And the funny st- story about that is, is like I was, geez, I was just barely 18 and I was working for the Jets at the time and they had a whole bunch of Russian players. And I thought that, well, hey, well, this could obviously only be helpful if I learned Russian. So I took it. Um, along with uh, my buddy Matt Frost, uh, the late Matt Frost of the Matt Frost Media Center, uh, as well as a pal Ryan Leggett, and we took we we took the course. And whatever, it's an intro. You know, you're young and dumb and in university, concentrating on a lot of other things. But it did come down to the final exam, and dude, our final exam was on a Friday at six o'clock, the same night as the Jets Vancouver playoff game. And I went into our prof's office and said, listen, and this was BS, but I was, I listen, we were pulling out all the stops not to miss the game. And I said that the only reason that we're taking this course is because we have, uh, we have, you know, we work with the Jets, which I did technically work with the Jets in the summer selling season tickets, not then, but said that it was important. Like it was basically, I had to be at this game. Is there any way we could get the exam moved? And we ended up taking the exam at 2 o'clock that day. Everyone else did it at 6. We made the 7.30 puck drop. And uh, if I recall correctly, that was uh, another 3-1 lead that evaporated in that series for the Winnipeg Jets against Vancouver. But um, definitely good times. I haven't remembered a lot of the the Russian that I had, but Mm. uh, it was a good run. Six credit hours. I got the, you know, they they counted. They went towards the degree. Um, But yeah, I will not be um, doing back and forth with Russians. Uh, But again, oh, my name is Nikolai. There you go, Nikolai. And I guess I should have known that because the H is actually the N and the backwards N is the I. We can kind of, you know, do a little intro to Cyrillic on here. But uh, Nikolai, welcome here. Join us daily. Hit the subscribe button. We need to boost our profile in Russia right now. Uh, We're here every day, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And for everyone else that is new, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, join us. Look who's here. Benji Rothman. $1 for every game. (laughs) The Jets are going to win this season. Is that iPhone Benj? 
Yeah, one of the I- uh, iPhone binge with the super chat. The winner of the Wheel of Fortune a few weeks ago, yeah. Benji. Thank you very much, and uh, shout out to uh, to you and the uh, the Pokemon crew joining us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, all right, Reem, I want to get to the lines, but uh, do we let's quickly hit our uh, our picks for the ponies tonight. Yeah, <clears throat> and I want to, before we go, I want everyone to know that I are you going to say that I beat you yesterday? You're going to forget about that. I picked uh, the winner. <laughs> No, no. Well, please do. Let's get to yesterday's action. Um, yeah. You uh, you picked the winner in race one. Your entire stack on the horse in race one, and you won again. Yes. What were uh, the odds that it went off at? I, I did a quin- I bucks. so we're we're doing these picks. I won my first hit. I my first one. And I was on a bit of a cold streak, like missed three. But yesterday I said I'm taking Sophie McTrophy to win. Or sorry, I did a Quinella with Sophie McTrophy, and who was the other horse I picked? Smoking. And smoke and chrome, oh, which smoke I had chrome. to win. I needed yeah. smoke and chrome to win. No. So Sophie McTrophy won, smoke and chrome second. So I hit that Quinella, twenty bucks. I took like home fifty three off that. So I was pretty uh, pretty pumped for my win. And you uh, went over again. Uh, I did not go over. I went over oh, on sorry. that first race, but I, unlike you, I didn't put it all on one single bet. I did lose on smoke and chrome, but I won my final bet on Trump. Um, so I finally got into the winner's circle. And uh, hey, shout out to Ryan Bodman. Ryan, thanks so much for the super chat, man. Great to have you with us. We really appreciate that. Um, so yes, I lost the first couple, but I did come through with a win on a bit of a chalky horse, Trump Um. So it just about made up my other bets. Um, and I've I've got some good ones today, Remo. Mm-hmm. But you are the leader. You can go first. And uh, are you going to go with your traditional the whole chunk on one yes. bet? Or are you going to split it up? Hey, it's so- been working for you. Why wouldn't you? So what we're what we're doing is we are picking a horse. We're going head to head. I've just been going. My strategy is picking one horse and throwing twenty on it. We have twenty dollars each each race day. So here are our picks. Us. I'm rocking race number five. I'm taking horse number five. I'm a big baseball fan. I kind of look through the names that I like. <laughs> um, there was one horse in this race. Race five. Tens Legacy. I wasn't sure if that was a Pearl Jam reference, like Pearl Jam's Tens Legacy as a great album, or. Maybe a reference to Mookie Blaylock, who, you know, Pearl Jam, uh, their original band name. But uh, American League, I'm a baseball fan. I took Otani before, almost worked out. I will be taking <laughs> American right. League. Uh, American League. So, uh, number race five, horse five, American League to win, putting 20 on American League. So, uh, let's go. AL. All right. I'm splitting mine up today. I'm throwing uh, race number one. I'm throwing five bucks on, on number three, uh, thin line to win. Then I'm going to race three, and I'm going to make a place bet on number five, which is Catalina Dreamin'. Uh, that horse can finish either first or second, and I'll be a winner. I've got race number seven, number seven, Button Mushroom. I like that name. We're going to go with Button Mushroom. A little more of a long shot, but I could use that. We're throwing four bucks on there. And now my first ever Triactor box of the season. $1 Triactor box. You pick three horses. If they finish first, second, or third in any order, you win the Triactor. I'm going with the favorites. Two, three, and four in race number four for my Triactor box. That's six bucks. All comes together with 20. Hopefully I get some big wins and can catch up a little bit on Michael Remus, who has had an incredible start to our head-to-head battle. The the duel at the downs, as Darren Dunn has put it. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight. HPIbet.com if you want to bet with us. You can watch the races as well. Not just Assiniboia Downs, but tracks from around the world. And I see Tom Halleck is with us in the chat. 
and um, has said that he is, as a matter of fact, has the Assiniboia Downs program open mm. right now. And again, if you want to, don't take it from us. Take it from the guys that really know what they're doing. 645, the handicappers, Stretch, Kirk Marshall, doing it on ASD Live. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Only one game. We'll probably watch some of the races. And uh, we'll do the picks in advance tomorrow because I have a feeling we'll have to go back and catch them because we'll be focusing in on the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens in game number one. All right, Remo, let's get to our lines of the day for coolbet.com. Now, first things first, we'll get to tonight's game. There's only one game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And what a matchup we've got. Tampa Bay and Carolina. It's a straight pick them. Minus 106, minus 106. Shout out to Coolbet for the best lines in the biz. Almost every other book, if it's a pick them, it'll be minus 110, minus 110. Just goes to show best odds in the biz for cool betters at coolbet.com. Um, we've got Lightning and uh, Canes. Pick them. Remo, I'm on the Canes tonight. I think that they tie this series up. I think they're too good to you know, fall down 2 nothing on home ice. And I think we'll see a very desperate Carolina team playing tonight. Uh, you have a lean in that Lightning-Canes game? I'm going to bring up the odds right here. And I have, um, yeah, it's pretty much a pick em. Uh You know, after talking to Nick, it's tough for me to go with my original pick, Carolina. But I'm going to stick with Carolina. I think they're a good team. Vasilevsky, I mean, he showed in Game 1 why he's the Vesna Trophy nominee this year. But I'll stick with Carolina. I picked them to win. We did have that bracket, uh, the bracket challenge. We can pull that up shortly. We did. But uh, I have Carolina. I will go with them. I think they're going to win a couple games. But uh, Tampa is looking real hard to stop here. Yeah, uh, you know, it, listen, this is going to be a great game tonight. I'm on Carolina as well. I picked them in the series. I invested them in playoff pools. So I'm going to ride with them tonight and see if they can even up this series. Now, the odds everyone's interested in, the series prices for the Jets and Montreal Canadiens. And Remo, I put this out on Twitter last night, but before we saw the number, what did you expect the line to be in the Winnipeg series? Um, I thought... The Jets would be a favorite, and I guess it's it's moved a bit since you tweeted it this morning. The Jets are now minus 120, Habs mi- plus 103, and I've seen a lot of people saying that this is the most even series um, of the second round, but I, I think the Jets, in the long run, I think the Jets' um, break here for sweeping is going to be huge, is going to be the difference, and uh, goaltending, very even, price hell, but you know, they're both awesome, but uh, this I think this break is going to be huge once it gets later on in the series. Um, so you've got Jets at minus 120, opened up this morning at minus 114, which was a little low, to be honest. I, I kind of expected it to be right around where it is right now, minus 120, maybe minus 125. Um, and I think the Habs are still a pretty public team, far more than the Winnipeg Jets are. So I don't think it'll move that much. I jumped on at minus 114 today. You can still get it at minus 120. Um, and of course, if you're doing it, um, we'll put out the tweets. Uh, I'll, I'll put this out, but... Uh, we've got a 100% bonus offer with our friends at CoolBet. I'll hit the link up in our Twitter at SportsTalkWPG if you do want to uh, take advantage of that before the second round of the playoffs. Series total games. This is interesting, Reem. If you think it's going to go to seven, yeah, um, you'll get plus 205. Uh, six or seven is minus 192. Um, if you think that it's going to be a sweep, that's plus 500 or five to one. Um, and if you wanted to actually take the series spread, like 4-0 Winnipeg, 
people are wondering, that's uh, plus 1050. So more than 10 to 1. Uh, Jets in 5 plus 350. Jets in 6 plus 170. And um, again, there's lines for all the teams, all situations. You can see right there, that's the series spread as well as the series total games. And I would imagine before we get to tomorrow's puck drop, we'll probably have some series prop bets available. Um, so you might want to get back to Cool Bet tomorrow and check it. And don't forget, use the promo code WST. Um, holy smokes, Reem, you can just feel the buzz. Now that this series mm-hmm. is set right now, um, the excitement is getting cranked up. We have the best weather we've had in a year coming up this weekend. It is going to be sweltering hot. The little brown jugs, I imagine, will be uh, on ice. Fans will be figuring out how they're going to watch these games, unfortunately not gathering together. But um, the wait is just about over after, well, as Mike said, basically Groundhog Day for the last week for both the Winnipeg Jets and their fans. Yeah, finally, and the Jets are going to be getting the ace uh, times as well. 6.30 start Wednesday. Not going to be having any of these late nights. And I do want to give a shout-out to William Belly with a super chat. He says, nice channel discovery. Looking forward to round two. Good playoffs all. So I don't know, how uh, William, how you found us, but, yeah, we're on YouTube. And if you are finding us now, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. You know, you get alerts when we go live and hit the like button on the video. We're almost at 300, at 299 likes right now. Incredible, incredible, uh, you know, crowd here today live on YouTube and, of course, available on podcast on your favorite provider after. Yeah, you bet. William, welcome. Thanks very much for the super chat. We're here every day. Well, Monday to Friday, we might do some weekend shows if there is game days. We'll keep people up to date on that. And by the way, if you all are new, follow us online, Twitter at Sports Talk WPG, Instagram at Sports Talk WPG, Facebook, same thing. Um, and Remus does an amazing job of popping yeah. out content from the programs throughout the week. And it's a great way for us to interact with all of you as well. And uh, of course, if you're on Twitter, at Hustlerama, at Remus, you can see it right there. Make sure you give us a follow too. And uh, can't wait to interact with everyone, even the Habs fans over the course of this next couple of weeks, Remus. Uh, the wait has been worth it. Um, but I can't wait to get going tomorrow night on what should be a very interesting evening and a matchup that mm-hmm. not a lot of people, almost nobody, picked at the beginning yeah. of the playoffs. Actually, speaking of that, let me go to our um, bracket challenge because we did do a bracket challenge before the series. Like, did anyone? I was six out of eight. I'm going to see if I can pull pull this up. Um, we tweeted I'm it out. Five out of eight, I think. I got the Islanders and Bruins both wrong, and I had the ha- I had the Leafs beating the uh, Habs. Okay, let me just pull it up. But I guess before we, we wrap, we didn't talk about uh, Edmonton finally announcing their uh, their new the team. The Elks, name. the Edmonton Elks. What does everybody think? I uh, I'm in. I wouldn't have mind the Empire. And I'm talking to Dustin Nielsen. Um, you know, he had mentioned that they had sort of already used the Empire as part of their branding, referring to you know, I guess that was one of the marketing things. So they thought that that might make sense. It is an E, but the Elks is pretty cool. I was wondering whether the plural is elk or Elks. And I guess they talked to some linguist professor who said, no, it actually is elk. So that's the way it went. The, uh, the Elks, uh, but listen, good for them for moving on from, uh, from that name. I think they're still able to maintain the history, the colors, the logos, um, but I'm in on that new little elk logo, and it looked cool over the design double E background, which, of course, is the identity of the Edmonton Football Club. It's very rare on Twitter that there everyone likes something. Usually a lot of people uh, hate it, but I've seen 
the consensus, people like Elks, I think it's very similar. I mean, someone commented that uh, they don't have to change a lot of their signage, just, uh, you know, go from Esks to Elks. But their helmets, they change them up. They don't have the double E logo. <laughs> they have like a... What are you, they Sorry, have a, James Robinson, they should have gone with the Edmonton Emu. Emu, yeah. <laughs> they... Uh, and they have like the antlers on it's kind of like the LA Rams helmets. Uh, they got these like elk antlers on the helmets, no longer the double E. So, um, pretty subtle change. I'm definitely in favor, and it was, uh, I think, this, you know, long time coming here for that franchise to finally change their name. Yeah, Wayne Jones, shout out to the Norway Norwegian contingent of WST, said should have been the Express. I could have lived with the Express, didn't mind the Empire, but, uh, I think Elks will be good. Bottom line is, I just hope that we continue to get more yes. positive news regarding the Canadian football agreements. Because you know what? If the numbers can continue to come down, and we did have, you know, relatively a good number today in Winnipeg, I think just 232. So hopefully we're trending in the right direction. Take the load off of the incredible healthcare professionals that have been working so hard and get us closer to being able mm-hmm. to get together again. Uh, while we keep the shots going and um, and keep these numbers going down. That certainly is the goal. And if that does happen, I'm getting more and more optimistic. By the time the 5th of August comes, we will be kicking off a 14-game CFL season, regardless of what the future holds for the league. Bottom line is we got to get back. we got to get together outside and see these CFL teams. And the players and organizations need to get back to work and get playing. Yeah, that's right. So I'm hoping for some CFL. We can do some a lot of CFL content here for the Bombers. Be talking uh, betting, of course, DraftKings. So we need that CFL up in August because I think uh, for NHL news, uh, free agency, what, is like the end of July. So we need something to watch in August. I think Olympics are around then too. So it could be very busy if the CFL uh, returns. Yeah, um, we're not we're not going anywhere, um, you know, before or after this series. Um, this is the new home right now. So if you are new, make sure you're subscribed and join us every day, one o'clock central, live on YouTube, and uh, usually three three thirty. We'll have the podcast up. Uh, you know, if you if you're not able to join us live on YouTube every day, mm-hmm. just make sure you go to your favorite podcast provider and make sure you're subscribed, and uh, you'll get the new content fresh in your inbox every single afternoon at absolutely no charge. Yeah. And here, uh, I did mention our bracket if you want to see uh, who's yeah, leading. Yeah, what's going on? Who's winning? Uh, Lisi is in first with 86 points. Uh, they have the Jets to win. Let's see oh, I this love bra- it. Let's see this bracket. They had Montreal, Winnipeg, had Islanders, Boston, Carolina, Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. Oh, so, eight for so- eight. So eighth, we had one person eight for eight. Uh, let me let me see what the sec- if the second person nailed them all. This person nailed them all as well. A couple people going eight for eight in our bracket. So uh, you're probably out there thinking, no one predicted this. Well, we got Lisi, we got S uh, Cirilli, and uh, let's see, Wack M, Wack M also nailed them all. So uh, people were doing it. I'll I'll see my bracket. That's amazing. I, how did I do? I'm not sure how I did. I don't even know where to check check mine out, but just keep going down, way down. Yeah, keep going down, yeah. So <laughs> I missed I had Toronto wrong and Winnipeg wrong. Every other one I nailed. So oh oh well. Yeah, I had both of the East. I had Pittsburgh and Washington. I was getting a little horny for another Sid Ovi matchup one more time. Yeah, it and didn't happen. I had the Leafs beating the Habs. I I I still dude. I still cannot believe they choked that series away. I know we've moved on to Jets Habs, and I know we're fired up for puck drop tomorrow. But honest to God, 
I mean, the Habs had no business winning that no. series. It seemed like it was over. And we heard about it nonstop from the Leafs Nation here in this chat. And then, lo and behold, here we are getting ready for a home game on Wednesday as the Jets begin the second round and the quest to become Kings of the North at home. And if there is a deciding Game 7, it'll be here in Winnipeg, unfortunately, without 15,000 white-clad screaming maniacs in the house. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I don't know. We had the parade in Winnipeg. Remember all the cars honking, uh, dressed in Jets flags before game, you know, the games of the last series. I wonder if we will have something. It's so crazy with this nice weather, as you've mentioned. Uh, you know, great to get a DQ or a little brown jug. But uh, I wonder. You know, you can't really celebrate together. But uh, this car parade, I, I think I'm, it seems like it might catch on. So we'll see if uh, the Jets fans do it. I did enjoy seeing everyone posting about it on social media. You know what? Just quickly, back to my Russian. Uh, Nikolai has said, Andrew, by the way, your Russian was great. Thank uh, you. And, and Nikolai, <laughs> let me just see. It's uh, it's coming back to me right now. I'm reading. Is it Nikolai Bararov? Let me know if Bararov <laughs> is your last name, if I actually read that properly. I would re- That would make my entire, entire day if I nailed that remiss. How impressed would you be if I I'm actually so impressed. Properly? I'm so impressed by your Russian. I'm going to be clipping that and posting it on Twitter because, you know, whenever I post stuff on Twitter about like us talking about hockey or about a guest like giving some great insight, no one seems to care. But, like, our top, you know, media tweet from the show is the Ken Weeb gif. And uh, you doing the... The sing-song goal call. Those are our top media tweets. So uh, I will be clipping, hey, Hustler, watch the tweet this afternoon. Hey, Hustler uh, knows Russian. Uh, By the way, I am correct. I am Nikolai Baranov. So I just proved I was not full of BS. I just read his you name correctly that. in Cyrillic, and Nikolai has confirmed. What a, You know what? It's all coming up. Things are good, folks. We're, you know, there's lots of good things. I'm going to win some bets tonight at the track. My Cinnaboyne Downs picks are coming through. I've just got all this positive momentum. And most importantly, hopefully some of our picks on this Jets Hab series beginning tomorrow night. Man, I cannot wait. Uh, we got a big show tomorrow as well, Remus. We should let people know that this is definitely the place you're going to want to be tomorrow at 1 o'clock as we count down until game time because Scott Billick will break things down from the Jets side of things. And my guy Wheezy's back in the house. Dale Weese, former Montreal Canadian, working with Habs tonight. Wheezy will join us tomorrow around 1.20. We'll get his take. And, of course, he's a Winnipeg guy, knows the Jets very well, knows the Habs very well. Few people we could have uh, better suited to talk about this series, both teams, and especially I don't think there's anybody, Remo, that knows the Montreal Canadiens better than Dale Weiss, who is a teammate of so many of those players for the last few years. Yeah, he's been touting uh, Carey Price hard, uh, and he showed everyone that he is the man in this series and that he can still play, so... Uh, we are looking forward uh, forward to that. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, two Canadian teams going for the uh, North Division title. So, uh, I, you know, we had a big day today. Hopefully we can keep it going and have some... It's going to be hard to top those games, Huss, from game series one against Edmonton. Every Three of them went to overtime. <laughs> and the first one, too, with, like, the final heroic goal by Dominic Toninato. Hey, you know uh, I'm what? excited. If you want to spare us the uh, the stress of OTs, um, I'm fine with that. All about getting wins and getting four of them and moving on to the next round. And that challenge begins tomorrow at Bell MTS Place. You said that's a six o'clock local uh, local start, Reem. 
Which one? Six thirty tomorrow's yeah, game. I game think, one. Yeah. Excellent. So six thirty, um, which will give uh, us, you know, we'll bang out a couple hours here, getting you ready for the game with all the latest from the players, the coaches, uh, Scott Billick, Dale Weiss. And then yeah. puck drop on game number one. I know Kenny will pop by on Thursday. I mean, we're going to be packed. We'll bring a ton of guests on to talk about this series. Um, needless to say, as much as there's a lot of other exciting things happening in sports, when it comes to Winnipeg sports talk, it's pretty much all Jets all the time right now, as it is when the uh, whiteout is in effect, even if it's not in effect in the building, just all around the uh all around the uh, the city. Uh, yeah. What's up tonight? Uh, any uh, are you gonna barbecue? Uh, get outside a little bit. Some park uh, time here. One thing we got to mention though, uh, if everyone wants to continue the Jets conversation after this, Kenny and Rennie are doing a special uh, show 3 p.m. on their channel. Just search Kenny and Rennie, um, and I think they're having uh, Jen Botter on, uh, former Jets assistant coach Todd Woodcroft, and Billick Scott Billick and Jeff Hamilton. They'll be talking Jets Habs. At their channel, Kenny and Randy, search for it on uh, on Twitter. Oh, T. Kona Polly was asking about Super Chat. He threw one in. T. Kona uh, Polly, uh, listen, yeah. one of our, and we've got a ton of great loyal um, listeners and viewers with us. T. Kona Polly, absolutely one of those. And uh, shout out to God's country and the good people of Transcona, especially Polly repping T. Kona every day with us. Very nice of you, my man. Thanks so much for doing that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then Gregory in chat is pointing out it is the NHL draft lottery. Uh, sorry, that's tomorrow. I think that's tomorrow. Is that not tomorrow? Yeah, that's tomorrow, Gregory. Uh, you know what? Isn't it good? Isn't it yes. good, everybody, to yeah, no longer be in the business of the draft lottery? Like, I think back to 2016 and the amount of time, Remus, we spent playing with that stupid draft lottery simulator. Oh, my God. I haven't done it in so long. Over and over and over again. I haven't even looked at it, and I didn't even think. It wasn't until the sheriff himself reminded us that tomorrow's the draft lottery that we uh, that we got that information. So that's a big deal in many other markets. In the PEG and in Montreal, it's about winning and moving on in the Stanley Cup tournament. And that challenge begins tomorrow. The goaltending matchup. Certainly, well, one of the best you could possibly have right now. Two of the best in the game. Connor Hellebuck and Carey Price going head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, the new kids on the block. The Habs, the most decorated NHL franchise of all time. Albeit many of their cups were won in a six-team league with not very much talent. But we won't go down. <laughs> right now. Well, um, there was a, there was a, Habs, uh, a Habs troll in here earlier who's like, yeah, Montreal, the winningest franchise. I mean... Haven't won. I mean, I guess they won the last Canadian Stanley Cup, but I agree with you. A lot of those were, you know, in a six-team league with <laughs> yeah. uh, not a lot of players. So, <laughs> and the Habs got to keep everybody from Quebec too. Yeah, it was no uh... free agency. <laughs> you got to keep everyone. <laughs> uh, I love it. But hey, listen, the Habs. You yeah. want to be the man? You got to beat the man. And uh, Carey Price certainly is the man. As is Connor Hellebuck. It's a collision course. Two of the best goalies. I'm really interested as to how this series looks different from the Edmonton series as to what Winnipeg's going to do uh you know will they stick with the exact game plan of being very stingy defensively and you know maybe lean on the offense occasionally when they have opportunities or do they change it a little bit and try and open it up a bit more against a Montreal team that doesn't have the firepower of Edmonton or Toronto for that matter I think I'm tend to agree with Kiprios and Mike McIntyre that I think the plan for Paul Maurice is going to be 
You know what we just did to the Edmonton Oilers? Winning four straight. Let's go do that again. Don't change anything. Play that way. That mm-hmm. is the way you will win in the playoffs. Get some great goaltending and uh, and go for it from there. Listen, this has been a crazy show today. Thanks to everyone that has been with us. Uh, a new all-time record for highs of people in the chat. I imagine the podcast will uh, be big. If you haven't already... Spread the word for us. Let people know uh, how you found us, Jet fans, hockey fans. Um, we're having a lot of fun every day on this. We'd love to have you join us. Hit the subscribe button. As I mentioned, if you put the bell on, you'll get notified when we go live. And for you podcast people, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, it's all there. Just simply search Winnipeg Sports Talk, and uh, you'll join us on a daily basis. Got to thank all of our sponsors, PolicyMe.com, our newest sponsor, Take care of your business. Get on the, uh, it's not fun doing life insurance, but it's necessary and it can be quick, easy, all online at better rates than anything you'll find at PolicyMe. If you go there, make sure you uh, pop in that you found out about them through podcast. Um, Of course, not AutoCorp, Royal Sports. Shout out to Royal, old school Royal t-shirt on today. Boston Pizza, Nick and Nicky DQ, Little Brown Jug. Be cracking one of these immediately after the program. Uh, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, CoolBet.com, and Aikens Lake. And uh, Remo, I wish you limited luck today at the track. Maybe you can get a win. I need to run them all because I need to catch you. And, of course, live racing gets going 735 for the first one tonight. I am so pumped for these horse races. I was tuned in um, last night. I went to check. So they have them all on their YouTube channel or on HPI Bet. So... And they have horse tracks from all around uh, the world. I bet on some, like, Australian horse at, like, 1 a.m. one time just for shit. So it was pretty fun. So uh, I almost got my wife into it. I'm like, hey, nothing's on TV. You want to watch some horse racing? <laughs> and we, she's like, what are the names? So uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So maybe I'll try to do that uh, Do that tonight if I'm not watching yeah, hockey. Yeah, HPIbet.com. You can uh, make your wagers. You can watch the races. And you can find out all the information. But as I said, you know, pop on if you want to learn more about how it's done. Assiniboy Downs has some great resources on that. Or just tune in at 645 and... And the boys in the handicapping show will set you up for live racing. All right, folks, tomorrow it is game day. We'll be ready to go. I've got the 4-0 shirt from round one ready to put on tomorrow. It is going to be go time. So get your whites ready. Have a great night tonight. Get some rest. It's a big day tomorrow, folks. And we'll see you tomorrow. One o'clock, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Dale Weiss on Jets and Habs. Scott Billick and everything you need to know before game one tomorrow night. Have a great night, everyone. Spread the word on WSAT. And thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.